Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, continuing our focus on spirits, we're going to look at Japanese whiskey, and we're also going to do a tasting of three different whiskies, one from Scotland, one from Japan, and one from the USA. So Japanese whiskey has emerged in the last 20 years as one of the premium whiskey producers in the world, and I actually think that Japanese whiskey is superior to any other style of whiskey made. The attention to detail and the quality of the whiskies is second to none. The Japanese whiskey is fairly young. The first commercial production began in 1923 with the Yamazaki Distillery, which was founded by Shinjiro Tori, who had an obsession with uh, Scotland and wanted to replicate the whiskies of Scotland. And generally, that's what Japan tries to do, to replicate the style of whiskey made in Scotland, though I think it's his own distinctive thing by now. And he employed one Masataka Takatsuru, who had studied in Glasgow and... um, studied the Scottish Scottish whiskies being made in that country. And so he used his knowledge back in Japan to make high-quality whiskey. And in 1934, he founded his own distillery called Dai Nippon Kaju, which is now the Nikka distillery, which is extremely high-quality. There are now around nine distilleries in Japan. Yamazaki um, still exists, and also Hakushu and Chita, and those three are owned by Suntory, which is the biggest uh, Japanese whiskey producer. And they actually bought Jim Beam, one of the big US uh, whiskies. That's how big Suntory have become. A couple of other distilleries, Yoshi and Miyagiko, and these owned by Nika. And then there's also Fuji Gotuba, which is owned by Kirin. And then three others, Chichibu, Shinshu, and White Oak, which is much easier to pronounce. One distinctive feature of Japanese whiskey is that the blended whiskey is not blends of different distilleries. They all come from the same producer, and so that might be all from the same distillery or distilleries owned by the same company. And blends do dominate, so that just means that the producer has control over those blended whiskies from start to finish, from the uh, the, the, the malted bar- malting the barley all the way to aging and releasing the spirits. But there are some single malt um, Japanese whiskies being released, and these are single malts that were just kind of put to one side and not really uh, known about, but now that Japanese whiskey is sought after, they are coming onto the market. And so, for example, the Yamazaki 18-year-old single malt is one of the best whiskies you're ever likely to try. Barley and peat are all imported from Scotland, following that desire to um, replicate the the whiskies of Scotland to go into quite great lengths to make sure that they have the same quality. The warts that they have are crystal clear because they are fermented for a long time with selected yeast, so very precise um, dedication to the product with um, Japanese whisky. And then the corn, wheat and malted barley are all distilled in column stills, so different from Scotland where pot stills are used. And then different types of oak are used, um, American oak, French oak, Spanish oak, and also Japanese oak as well. And this um, Japanese oak has kind of incense and perfume aromas. And Japanese are also very um, particular about the water they use, as they should be, and it's very high quality spring water being used for Japanese whiskey. And there's also, I think, delicate floral aromas in Japanese whiskey, which make it distinct from Scotland, which can be a bit rougher around the edges. So Japanese whiskey is still a new thing for consumers. And also the market in 
as well, because only beginning in 1923, and so it's only a, a new thing that has emerged, but extremely high quality, and definitely something worth seeking out. So I have uh, three different whiskies in front of me, which I'm going to taste, just to give an indication of the different flavour profiles that whiskies from different countries have, which is all about the base product, is about the uh, maturation conditions as well, and also about the style that the producer is going for, and that will vary according to the distillery and the region that they're in. So the first whiskey is Brook Laddick, the classic laddie, which is um, made on the island of Isla, which is off the west coast of Scotland. And Isla is traditionally associated with heavily peated whiskies, but this is actually unpeated, so it's a, d a different style for Isla. So Brook Laddick make a whole range of whiskies. So looking at the Brook Laddick in colour, it's medium gold in its appearance. And then on the nose, it's got a medium intensity. It's quite floral and grainy as well. So the flowers I'm getting from this get orange blossom and rose, perfume, lavender. It's a very pretty nose. It's not particularly fruity, though I do get some citrus fruit, maybe some lemon and tangerine. It's quite cereal as well, so there's vegetal aromas, and this is what we expect from whiskey, to get those cereal aromas, because it is made from cereals in effect, so husk and barley and malt as well. Those are the grains that have been used, so it's not surprising that we get that. And maybe it's, it's a little bit herbaceous as well, with conifer and grass and hay. And then finally we get some kernel aromas of nuts, some hazelnuts and almonds. And so it's a very pretty nose. Let's t let me taste the uh, spirit, and if you've got some whiskey at home, taste alongside me. So with the sweetness, I would say this is off dry. There's a little bit of sweetness to this. Alcohol is warming, so that's one thing we've really got to look at in with spirits. How warm is alcohol? So we can call it soft, smooth, warming, or harsh. I think this has a warming effect. It's not perfectly smooth. The body is medium, and it's, you can really feel the alcohol because it's quite spicy. Now, spices are coming from the alcohol, um, so I'm getting that that peppery. Um, spicy note, quite um, warming, as I, um, as I said. And the finish, I think, is medium as well. And it, it's quite complex. And we get those same flavours, those same um, floral, little bit of fruitiness. It's mainly about the cereal aromas um, for, for this whisky. And I think this quality level is very good. It's got that complexity on the nose and on the palate. And, um, but the alcohol is a little bit aggressive. I'd like it to be a bit more integrated. So that's the uh, Scottish whisky. Let's look at the Japanese whisky now, which is much paler in appearance. I think this whisky is actually pale lemon, so much paler than the, uh, the Scottish whisky. On the nose, this has a medium intensity of aromas as well. And this is extremely floral. It's got elderflower and orange blossom, perfume, lavender, lilac as well. This whiskey um, is called, so it's Japanese, and it's called Kikori. And this is the new uh, brand that's on the on the uh, market. And this is actually made from rice, so it's quite unusual. And maybe some consternation that it's not made from grain as whiskey should be. But it looks and smells like whiskey. We've got the citrus fruit of orange and tangerine and grapefruit. Also, um, green fruits of apples and pears. So it's a bit fruitier than the um, Scottish whiskey is. 
but we don't have those same cereal aromas because this is coming from rice. Whether you can smell rice kind of depends on the power of suggestion. And then we've got some spices as well, some fennel, cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, some white pepper as well. So let's uh, taste the, the Japanese whiskey. So sweetness here, again, off dry, so a little bit a little bit of sweetness to it. Alcohol here is smooth. It's much smoother than the Scottish whiskey. Obviously you can feel it, but it's just gently coating the palate. And it's interesting because the level of alcohol... Uh, uh, so just looking at the Brute Laddick, the level of alcohol there was 50%, so no wonder I could feel it so uh, extremely. Whereas this one is 41%, so you get a lower level of alcohol, a bit softer and smoother. The body is medium. And that alcohol is extremely well integrated. Flavour intensity, again, is medium. And the finish here, I think, is long. And this is um, feels a bit more complex and a bit more integrated than the Scottish whisky. Quality level, again, is very good because we've got that integrated alcohol, extremely balanced. It's complex and it's expressive with that really pretty floral nose. But it's got that nice uh, spiciness to it as well. It's got that what we expect from whisky. And it's got a long finish as well. And it's not just the alcohol that I'm feeling on the length of the finish, as I did a little bit with the Brute Laddick. This is about the fruits and the flowers lingering on the palate. So that's a very good a very good whiskey. And although it's made from rice, it's quite typical of Japanese whiskey, with that balance, that softness, that floral delic delicacy to the spirit. So for the US whiskey, it's a distillery not too far from where I live, Sonoma County Distilling Co., just about 10 minutes dry from my house. And this is a bourbon whiskey, but it's one that they label as high rye because it has a high amount of rye in it. And so um, it's made with uh, ye yellow corn from the American Midwest, unmalted Canadian rye, and also malted barley from Wyoming. So as discussed in the um, episode on US whiskey, has to have some malted barley in for the enzymes, but the corn is the major basis has to be 51% or more and then we've got the rye in as well and that's going to add a spicier kick to the uh, the bourbon so looking at the, um, the spirit this is a medium amber in appearance so even though it's been aged for less time than the Scottish whiskey it's much deeper in color and that's because of the warmer conditions and also the use of new charred oak as well to extract more color on the nose this is pronounced in its aromas. It's quite strong and in your face. And I get citrus fruit, orange and tangerine again, but also um, peaches and apricots as well, more of the stone fruit um, category. And also going into the tropical fruit as well. I get some lychee and uh, mango, banana and passion fruit as well some dried fruit, figs and prunes, raisins, and then cereal as well. Definitely smell the rye as well as the malt. And then um, definitely oak aromas of toast and char and spice, sawdust, as well as uh, pepper. So on the palate, this is definitely off dry. The sweetness is quite noticeable. Even though the WACT lexicon, they don't have medium dry, but I would actually go as far to say that. The alcohol, I say is warming, though I think it's better integrated than the Scottish whiskey at 50%. This is 46.5%. I think it's uh, pretty well integrated, but it's still definitely warming. The body is full. Flavour intensity is pronounced. And we get those same 
really cereal aromas of rye and malt and um, the oak spicy aromas as well and the char, the pepper, licorice, as well as those fruity aromas as well and um, some dried fruits too. And the quality of this, again, is very good. I think this is a very well-integrated, very balanced spirit. Um, it's complex with those uh, floral, cereal, oak aromas, and it's very well integrated. And I think it's a very good example of a bourbon with that sweetness and spiciness coming from the corn and from the rye. So three very distinctive styles of whiskey, all express, expressive of the product of the grain that they've been made from, or the rice in the case of the Japanese whiskey, as well as the place, and very well made, and um, diff the, all about how the alcohol has been integrated into the spirits in different ways at different levels. So get yourself some whiskey and do a tasting. Thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.